Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne. Kids and grown-ups love him so. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective, uh, detective, detective. Sorry, I had a hard time saying my nickname. Boy, boy detective. <laughs> Girl interrupted, boy detected. Right, right. Yes, that's how you remember it. That's the mnemonic. Uh, Jordan, I went to the dollar store today. Okay. Look, I don't host this show so I can brag, but that's the reality of what I did today. And one of the things about the dollar store is everything there costs a dollar, so you can basically buy as many of them as you want. Right. And the other thing about the dollar store is they have Haribo's. And so I bought like seven different Haribos. And that's the slogan of Haribos is kids and grownups love them so? Uh, kids and grownups love it so. Love it so, excuse me. Yeah, the happy world of Haribo. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? What do you, what kind of, do you want to, do you want to rattle off the Haribos? I got Star Mix. Right. Uh, I got peaches. Mm-hmm. I got fruit salad. I got berries. Berries is the kind that look like raspberries and they're crunchy on the outside and chewy on the inside. Okay. Star Mix is some of the favorites. I got Twin Cherries. And then the I'll tell you the other thing that I that I end up buying every time I go to the dollar store. You know how have you ever had to go to the store to buy a helium balloon? Uh sure. Yeah, I mean not lately, but uh yes, I am I am I am aware of the little corner of a store that sells helium balloons. And you get to the store and you have to wait in line and then they have to fill it up and you charge you $4 or whatever, or $6, and you're like, $6? And they're like, there's a helium shortage, <laughs> and which there is. How much to just put my mouth on the spout and talk funny for a couple minutes? <laughs> Four bucks? But it's a dollar store. They got a bunch of them. They're ready to go, and they cost a dollar. Ah, amazing. So every time I go, I'm at the dollar store, I end up buying four heart-shaped Mylar balloons for my wife. <laughs> In an effort to get her to like me. But she knows they cost a dollar. Oh, yeah. She knows I didn't go there for them. Just say like, hey, I got back from uh, Neiman Marcus. (laughs) Your wife's easily tricked, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. All you have to do is stand completely still. She can't even see you. To me, the quintessential dollar store item will always be Men in Black 2 on VHS. And (laughs) And like I've been in the dollar store recently and... You cannot get a copy of Men in Black 2 on VHS, but every time I go in, I will always look for a copy of Men in Black 2 on VHS, because for some reason, to me, that is like, you can get a giant dishwashing liquid that'll last you a month, Yeah, and Men in Black 2 on VHS. I saw a bunch of copies of Tim and Eric's movie at the dollar store. Really? And I just thought to myself... <laughs> Pretty edgy. And I just thought to myself, somebody who happens upon this and watches it, what a nightmare. Sure. Like, what a horrific nightmare. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not speaking ill of Tim and Eric as comics or entertainers. I enjoy their work. I've seen that movie. It's funny. Yeah. But if you're just a guy... Right. And you're looking for a lesser Bruce Willis movie for a dollar, and you're like, well, I'll take a flyer on this one. Yeah, because what are the other options at the dollar store? Like a DVD that has, like, Casper the Friendly Ghost cartoons. Yeah, I was about to say out-of-copyright out of Superman cartoons. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah, like a DVD that has, like, three Burt Reynolds movies you've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'd buy, I'd buy that. Sure. <laughs> 
as a man, the biggest changes that have happened to me between adolescence and manhood is I think I learned to like asparagus, uh, Burt Reynolds, and Dom DeLuise. Uh, I watched a Burt Reynolds movie, movie this week. I watched Gator. Have you seen Gator? Oh, no. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. He does not fight a gator in it. I was fucking convinced he <laughs> fought a gator. I feel like I've had it described to me. I'm like, ah, this is the one where he fights that gator. No, it's just it's just Swamp Smokey and the Bandit with some weird, like... Um, 70s darkness like it has some 70s grit to it that was maybe inserted um haphazardly sounds great i mean you a second you said swampy yeah it's smoky in the bandit i I was sold yeah any movie where he wanders around and chews gum i'm in yeah it's pretty good he takes some he takes some cats to a heist i enjoyed that (laughs) um you know, yeah, you know, props. There's some problematic '70s stuff in it. Get ready. Uh, Are there some Cajuns? Are there any raging Cajuns? Uh, so he's a swamp man, and he lives with a swamp grandpa. At no point does Burt Reynolds attempt a Southern accent. He just sounds like a guy from Burbank. Yes. Oh, but no gator. At the at, at, at the end of the movie, I'm like, ah, here the gator scene's coming up. He's just name his name's Gator. Anyway. Yeah. In the book section of the dollar store, which I'll go to because I, it's a good place to buy a coloring book, mm-hmm. um, like a GoBots coloring book, <laughs> and uh, for the live-action GoBots movie that was only released in Taipei, um, there were two books. There was a Doris Kearns Goodwin book, presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. <laughs> you have a very interesting dollar store. Yeah, I found myself wondering who's like in the dollar store and and they're like, oh geez, it's uh five fifty. I gotta get back home to watch the news hour. Look, there's a Doris Kearns Goodwin book. Pulls it off the shelf. Yeah, it seems like that that particular dollar store, maybe it's just a neighborhood thing. It's like we're catering to uh, you know, like families, like bigger families, and also brainiacs <laughs> who like who like anti comedy and presidential history. The other book that was there. Uh, was a Michael Savage book. You know Michael Savage, the conservative <laughs> yes, hot talk host. I do. I will. I will always remember it. I had a. I had a period where, like, like a pre-podcast period where I would like put on conservative talk radio to drive around because I had driving around jobs, and I will always remember uh, Michael Savage saying that uh, that playboy magazine was turning men gay because when they when they met a woman and she wasn't as attractive as playboy they would decide to be gay out of disappointment i worked for a guy who who had been his producer but had quit because he wanted to work in public radio and then went back to his show after like two years and he said yeah well they they pay me two hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year or whatever and i don't have to even be in the same room as him ever. And also, I was the only one that didn't quit. I was like the only one that they could he could get to work for him. I just send him a sentence. Playboy makes you gay? Question mark. Exactly. the The book though was a book about his dog. Oh boy! It was number one New York Times bestselling author Michael Savage. It was in huge letters on the front. And then it said, my dog, Bucky, or whatever, and his service human. 
That's cute. That's adorable. Cute. What could you be more what? adorable than Michael Savage? Just an mm-hmm. adorable story of a man with a shaved head who yells at people on the radio for a living. Yeah. And the dog. Who has a softer who he side. Works for. He has a softer side. I ride with him on the plane. Speaking of hot talk radio hosts, should we introduce our guest on the show? Yes. Uh, you know her. <laughs> Please be man cow. Please be man cow. Please be man cow. <laughs> Fun fact about the show. Uh, I don't know who the guests are ahead of time. Did I ever tell you my secondhand man cow story? <laughs> yes, you have. Okay, good. Have I introduce the guest? We'll talk to her for a second. Yeah, tell the secondhand man cow story. Okay. So uh, our guest on the program is uh, the beloved podcaster behind Retail Nightmares. She is... Uh, one of the most beloved stars in the constellation that is our sister program, Stop Podcasting Yourself. She is the author of a brand new hilarious book for which she is on book tour right now from her house to her house. It's called So You're a Little Sad. So what? Nice things to say to yourself on bad days and other essays. The hilarious and wonderful Alicia Tobin. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to the program. I just furiously Googled man cow. <laughs> I was like, what are they talking about? Who are these people in the dollar store? My <laughs> boss and mentor, my old boss and mentor, Kathy Kamen Goldmark, uh, was a wonderful, wonderful woman uh, who I worked for on a radio show out of the Bay Area called West Coast Live. But before she had that job, she was a literary minder, which is like the person who takes authors on book tour. And usually they just, if, if you're like a medium big author, you just get somebody who picks you up at the airport mm-hmm. uh, when you fly into town. But if you're a really big author, you get somebody who basically tour manages you, like drives you around for a week or whatever, and flies different places with you. And Kathy was like that. And she would tell me these stories about the 10-day stretches that she spent with different people. And, you know, she was like, yeah, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks are exactly what you wish they would be the entire (laughs) time, uh, for example. (laughs) Um, but like the main, the main like morality tale that she had to share was that she had done like a 10 day tour with Howard Stern Oh, and Howard Stern had never once met her gaze or talked to her like a human being the entire time. And she said it was just horrible. She was like the, she was a brilliant and charming person and, uh, like I just to, to to not find a not find room to talk to her really would have taken some work. Yeah. She said, you know, that's that's life in the big city. That's what the job is. It's okay. He's famous. He's got stuff to think about, whatever, right? <laughs> she said, Man Cow <laughs> who is a morning radio host who has gotten fired from multiple major markets for doing things that are both awful and unfunny. <laughs> in real life uh she shut down the golden gate bridge at one point i remember maybe might have been the bay bridge anyway man cow she said was the kindest man in the world and at the end of the tour <laughs> at the end of the tour man cow invited her and her son to dinner at a fancy restaurant 
paid for it. And when she found out that, uh, when he found out that her son made uh, like comedy music, like novelty songs, he made like sort of Dr. Demento-y, Comic-Con-y comedy music. He played one of his songs on the Man Cow Show. Wow. As a thank you to Kathy for being such a kind host on his book tour. So Sounds like that jock had a little bit of shock left in him. Yeah, I guess so. And the shock was kindness. The shock was kindness. The shock was kindness. Uh, Alicia, Jesse mentioned you... you being on a virtual book tour. Um. <laughs> well, this is it. This is kind of it at the point. this point. Uh, pr- book promotion wasn't really a big priority during the pandemic. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> <laughs> this just in, uh, nobody gives a shit about my book. <laughs> were, you, were you planning on doing, you know, b- signings and going on the road and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, like... Um, I'm a Canadian. Uh, you probably can tell from my very thick Canadian accent. Um, and yeah, there, there was a tiny little budget for promoting the book in the U.S. Uh, and so I had like some nice travel plans, but other things have come up. And, you know, just rolling with the punches. Is Are that you... a saying? <laughs> Is that a saying we say no? Oh, sure. Yeah. We're always saying it constantly. Mm-hmm. Did you have? Do you? I, I imagine even even with this thing going on, you ha, you have to like sign books and send out signed copies. Do you? What did you land on? Do you just sign it, or do you have like a, a funny thing you write? It depends. Like uh, when the like the ones that the publisher had just signed, but some of them may have a little drawing of Hank in there, my dog. That's fun. Yeah, so a couple of people got those. Ooh, so if you're out there and you got a Hank, it might be worth something. Yeah, it might be <laughs> worth uh, $17.95. New. <laughs> it's like those stamps where the airplane's upside down. Ooh, no, no, just $17.95. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm kind of uh, bad at promoting myself, even within my own book covers. <laughs> 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 you uh, you are you're taking it really well. I would I mean I imagine like working on a book is a really hard thing and you know mm-hmm. I'm sure having a book tour is, is is a source of of excitement and looking forward to. So you're having a you're having a, a I, I I respect your attitude. I think it's a good attitude. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah, what am what else am I going to do, right? Like well cry about it like a baby. I think a couple of times just in the kitchen, I've just become like overwhelmed with sadness about it, but then it passes. Okay. Uh, but it seems to always happen in the kitchen for some reason. Like that's uh-huh. the safe room in my house. I think the kitchen's the, I think the kitchen is the saddest room in the house. It is sometimes, isn't really? it? Yeah. Yeah. It's where all my feelings live. That's for sure. What, what is your thought process on this, Jordan? Explicate this for me. Why, why, why do you feel the kitchen's the saddest in the house? What, what, are, what are the sadnesses there? Boy, I, you know, maybe it's, a, it's kind of a Because late... for me, it's got to be the marital bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now, you explain that part. <laughs> Sounds more interesting. Uh, I think it's, uh, let's, let me just put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in sound effects. Yeah. Should have licked my lips first. So you, you try and, uh, you're trying to, uh, uh, you're trying to wolf whistle at your wife and then you shit your pants. (laughs) She comes, she comes out of the, she comes out of the bathroom in her, uh, in her negligee. 
Uh, she happens to be wearing a teddy, Jordan. Oh, excuse me. You're holding those heart-shaped balloons. <laughs> they're, tied to, <laughs> they're tied to your penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're having, uh, you know, m- male issues, just tie those helium balloons to the old donger. <laughs> <laughs> It'll rise right up to the ceiling. <laughs> Salute. Yeah. <laughs> You can do it Pixar's up style. <laughs> do you think that's why there's that helium shortage? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alicia, you, uh, I'm a, I really have enjoyed listening to your show, uh, uh, Retail Nightmares. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is what re, what is a distinctive, relatively recent retail nightmare? Oh, uh, that yeah. You've heard about? It's a it's a show where you, where you and your guests talk about their most menial jobs, essentially. Yeah, but we've had to because we're on like episode two hundred and seventy now. We can also talk about retail experiences, which are sort of neutral but weird, um, and <laughs> retail dreams. And I mean, there's just every time you go to a store now, uh, there's the mask issue. Uh, so uh, there are the I'm not sure if you knew about this, but in your own country, there were some pretty serious fires. And the uh, smoke uh, inundated Vancouver, and so everybody was looking for air filters for their apartments. And I was looking for replacement filters. This story is already so boring. <laughs> but um, I had to go to like I, a... I think it's going somewhere. Yeah, I can I tell. I can so. kind of feel okay, it. This is, a, on, this is a slow burn. I can tell. <laughs> I didn't need those details. Um, but I went to a distant pharmacy to get these things in like a different part of town. And I saw a person like pull back a protective shield and reach his whole face around it so he can talk directly without a mask to this poor uh, poor clerk that, you know, is just trying to make ends meet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like over the years, there's just been really horrifying ones. Like one of my classic ones is one of my bosses had a crush on a coworker, so he did sit-ups in front of her and his testicle fell out of his shorts. And oh, like... <laughs> no. Oh, there's a, no. Just, uh, so many wild things happen when you work. Have either of you worked in customer service related jobs? Yeah, I've done. I've done a couple of. Let's see. I did a. I did a toy store for a summer. It was called Playco Play Company. Oh, cool. uh, maybe you remember their mascot, Prescott Panda. Nope. Sure. <laughs> They're not at all a knockoff mascot, Prescott Panda. What? What, what was he a knockoff of? Uh, Jeffrey the giraffe. Oh right, yes. Yeah, Man, they're to- yeah, that's totally smart. different. Bandas eat bamboo, and giraffes eat another kind of leaf. Mm-hmm. Different necks. Different necks. Slightly different bodies, mm-hmm. but nice bodies on both of them. Nice bods. Yeah. Do you like them long or do you like them thick? I like them both. <laughs> Toy store mascots. <laughs> have you covered? I like both of those animals. <laughs> right. Which one do you want to hug more? Um. That's really tough. Yeah. Can I get back to you at the end of the podcast? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really <laughs> expecting an answer. I just kind of wanted to say oh, something. Oh, I'm that, so sorry. That that's voice. like no, no, my no, whole okay. brain just lit up. Like, I don't know. Like, this one would be so smooth. This one would be so <laughs> soft. Uh, neither of them bite. <laughs> this is great. Right. <laughs> With a panda, you don't, you, you, just, you, you don't have to worry about the hug becoming non-platonic because they, apparently, they just hate sex so much. Same. So you're like, hey, this is just a platonic hug. <laughs> um, so yeah, I worked at a play company for a while. Um, it was a pretty fun job. Uh, sometimes uh, after uh, after we closed, the, uh, the like, kind of like cool rock and roll manager would uh, bring in a little 
TV VCR combo and we would uh, sit in dry kiddie pools and watch uh, recorded VHS tapes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> and sometimes I got to work the video game counter and uh, and just do I did my best to convince uh, parents not to buy their kids fishing video games. Fishing video games? <laughs> yeah, I think that you know when if you don't know any, at, at the time, I think if you if you were a parent and you didn't know anything about video games and you just had to get one for a present or something, um, right? You know, you see, you look at the titles and you see the bombs and you see the zombies and you're like, ah, this I don't I don't want to encourage this. And then your your eye goes to the fishing game. And you're like, <laughs> ah, this is. And I it was my I I felt like it was my duty to convince the parents that your kid doesn't want this I mean, maybe they did i don't know <laughs> it's that something about that makes me deeply sad because i guess uh, in before times they would have been teaching their children how to fish in real life <laughs> and then yeah you know this is the last now these kids are thing. only going to be able to eat for a day <laughs> that's so true the, uh oh sorry go ahead you go yep. ahead <laughs> uh, yeah, and I also I worked at a Nordstrom for a little bit, and Ooh, I worked la, la. at a I worked at a uh, like I worked at the coffee bar of a wine and cheese place. Those are my wow. retail jobs. That's a lot of retail. Were you getting that sweet commission at Nordstrom? Oh yeah, kids wear boys. <laughs> if you sell a hundred <laughs> Tony Hawk T-shirts, you get twenty bucks. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the the commission was good. It's a, that's a good uh, that's a good part about working at Nordstrom. I had a, I have a buddy who, when we were in college, he would go home in the winter and work in the luggage department at a department store. I believe it was a Macy's and he got paid, he got a commission and he would make so much money in the like four weeks of, uh, you know, Christmas break or whatever. Uh, because he had just accidentally gotten in the luggage department. And, you know, people who are in the luggage department, they're there to buy luggage, and luggage costs $1,000. So, like, he just fell backwards into crazy... Like, he was... He was. He told me he would average, like, during Christmas, he'd average, like, $35 an hour. Wow. And this was in 2002 or whatever. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, Alicia, what were your what were your jo- retail jobs that like inspired the podcast? Oh, I was in retail for 17 years. So, I think there was the the way that it happened, um Jessica Delisle, my my co-host, um we were at the video store where she worked. She managed a video store for several years and we were at the cash. There was, um, it was actually a wake, which very sad. Uh, one of the employees had passed away suddenly. And so a lot of people were there just to pay their respects and chat. And we were behind the cash drinking wine. And somebody that I knew from my store where I worked came in and was being awful. <laughs> and I just had this idea that like, what if these people are just awful everywhere that they go? And that was when we decided to make the podcast. Like we would interview other artists and about the worst job they ever had. And it's actually like it's very funny and very dark. So we lighten it up with a lot of dumb segments. <laughs> but yeah, this woman, uh, I still see her around because I live in the same neighborhood still. And she is just so mean and so rude. <laughs> She's really the inspiration. Like now when I see her, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. You've been my life's work. <laughs> lots of bad things happen in stores, but lots of fun things happen in stores too. Lots of great friendships. But 
mostly bad. Like my last year in retail, I uh, it was really my last year. Like I just couldn't deal. What was it? What was the last? What was the job that 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 broke you? <laughs> I was working as a nutritionist in a like a pharmacy. Okay. Like a fancy pharmacy that was beside a very prestigious private health clinic in the city. And so people, very rich people would come in and most of the time they were fine. But the the straw that broke the camel's back was a woman accused me of stealing her sunglasses. <laughs> and my boss kind of took it seriously and went through eight hours of, of video footage to make sure that, you know, nothing weird had happened in the store. And it turned out women was never wearing sunglasses. <laughs> she never had them on. No, she was just a bonkers. Just a real wild... Wild asshole. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? I feel like I've already broken no, that rule. You're, you're, we're actually, you're, we're not allowed to swear, so we'll be ending the podcast now. Goodbye. Okay, good night. Yeah, good, good night, guys. Bye nice to book. talk to you. <laughs> Don't buy her book. She swore. I know, I know. Don't buy her fucking book. She's going to come on here with the potty mouth. The book probably has potties in it, too. So many. Probably full of potties. Oh, no. <laughs> Saying potties. So many potties. <laughs> it's a potty potty. That should have been the title. Brian, start the podcast again. That was really good. <laughs> the potty potty thing was really funny. So let's just hit play again and let's keep going. Um, yeah. So just tons of shitty, whoops, tons of poopy potty jobs. <laughs> I worked at a, I worked at a Macy's in Union Square in San Francisco for a while. Wow. And I worked in the young women's collections section. Okay. I can't remember what it, it had like a name. It was called like Janie or something like that. Um, you know, we sold a lot of Ralph by Ralph Lauren and that kind of thing. <laughs> the American classic. Exactly. And the main things that I remember is it was it was the summer that they got that we got those kind of pants that zip zip off at the knee <laughs> you meant that just zip off i'm like what century was this <laughs> no you know how they zip off you know those pants that yeah. are like convertible, convertible. Into, and i had a pair that had two of those zippers on there hmm. and you know a lot of our customers were tourists you know they'd be in town from iowa or whatever and they're in san francisco enjoying the big city and going to the department store and it was you know obviously it was like it was before people bought all their clothes on the internet. So if you were in town from Wichita, like this was your chance to go shopping at a big department store. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And those pants that I had that zipped off into shorts blew people's fucking minds. <laughs> These whole families would the women would run to grab their children and bring them over to show them the zipper pants. <laughs> this man's wearing pants, right? Think again, and then she would. Then she would cue you, and you would unzip. <laughs> there was like an eight-song playlist in the of store. Course. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I liked working there. It was it was very pleasant. I I enjoyed I enjoyed helping customers buy things. It was fun, um, but uh, I didn't like folding. No, but I liked customer service. But I heard that. A Girls Who Wear Abercrombie and Fitch Chinese Food Makes Me Sick song. Oof. So many fucking times. <laughs> so many. And that truly was like 
those hit pop songs of, I guess that must have been 2000, no, 2000 maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But th- that really was, like, if I see a nostalgia article about the pop music of that time, I think it truly might have been the worst pop music ever <laughs> recorded. Like, those hit songs of that period are so horrible. So terrible. Like when you're like looking forward to hearing the Smash Mouth song, because it's the best one. (laughs) At least it has a certain charm. You know what I mean? Totally. At Playco, um, home of Prescott Panda, the totally original mascot, (laughs) uh, the soundtrack was uh, a CD of dance remixes of Disney songs. (laughs) In, oh. in, and it was cut, this was probably around the same time. So by dance remix, I mean like a Disney song by way of the Venga Boys. So that kind of like, <laughs> me, 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 me. and then like a whistle in the background, like someone just rhythmically blowing a whistle. Oh my gosh. And then can you feel, and then like some, you know, kind of random 16 <laughs> year old singing, can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were they allowed to play Disney music? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, Playco played pretty fast and loose. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like I mean, that, that panda guy. <laughs> yeah, Prescott doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, Prescott Panda was friends with Mickey, so. Oh, and by the way, I've made a decision. It's giraffe. <laughs> That's the one you want to hug the most? Yeah. Yeah. I have to get a ladder, I guess. But yeah. Jesse, which one do you want to hug more? Mm-hmm. <sighs> panda. Oh, yeah. That's a nice match for you. I'm going to go giraffe because maybe there's a chance I'll get a slurp of that big old tongue. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That big purple beauty. Slurp me, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Like a eucalyptus leaf. Yeah. Um, Jesse, when you went to the dollar store, they had you you say it differently than I say it. I say Haribo. What did you call it? Haribo. 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 Let's call the whole thing off. Um, Have you tried the dinosaurs yet? I've never even seen the dinosaurs. One of my favorite podcasts, uh, Carb Phase. I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's great. Uh, my friend Chris on it is obsessed with Haribo, and he hasn't tried the dinosaurs either. Whoa. And I will mail you some after this podcast. Yes. They are amazing because Star Mix was my favorite until I discovered dinosaurs. Fruit salad is probably my number one favorite, but I recently, I had some, uh, for some reason, someone on Twitter was telling me about how great French orangina ones are. Oh, they're kind of bland. I, I, I thought they were kind of good. I thought they mm-hmm. were kind of good, but I they weren't. I paid eight dollars for a bag of it so that I could try it out because it was <laughs> okay. like imported from France on Amazon. You know, right? Just somebody that like goes to France with a duffel bag and fills it with Haribos, and then <laughs> <laughs> we have those here for four dollars a bag, so I can yeah. add them. A very uh, reasonable. Jordan, do you need gummies? Be specific what type of gummies you want, because I got both kinds. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what? I'll take a gummy. I am kind of trying to watch the sweets, but yeah, you know what? Yeah, but it's the end of the world. When do you get a chance to have an international gummy mailed to you? Yeah. Candy in the mail is really, a, like, still great. I've discovered sending chocolates uh, through the internet. I really enjoy that. Oh, internet chocolates. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on the topic of retail during the pandemic, um, 
you know, around my area, there is, you know, stuff closing down a lot. And it's, yeah. it's a bummer. Sometimes it's, you know, there's a couple of restaurants I really love that have closed down. And, uh, yeah, a couple other little places. But uh, the there is a there is a store that only sells Scandinavian gummies called Sokerbit. <laughs> and I may be pronouncing that wrong. Never change. Sokerbit. It is thriving. It's all there's there's people they 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 aren't letting people in. They you 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 line up. I think you order the gummies ahead of time. Soaker bit is they're doing great. I, it it makes me happy. I don't go there a lot, but I am glad that there's still a place for a brick and mortar store that only sells Scandinavian gummies in America. If there was a Scandinavian gummy store by my house, I would fuck with it so hard. <laughs> There was a Scandinavian ice cream place next door to my therapist's office in Pasadena, mm. California. And it had a couple of bins of Scandinavian gummies. Now, these gummies had been there since the, the, the ice cream place had opened two years previous, is how I would describe still these gummies. They're still good. They're still good. They have maybe a little white dust on them. Yeah, yeah and they sort, of, they sort of had the consistency of a jujube uh because they had just been dried, just desiccated, you know. Honestly, I I would I like, love it. I like I like a gummy. It's a little stale. I like Me it. Too. You can kind of you can kind of jaw on it a little. You bit, like it you know? toothsome, toothsome. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I like it to be like jerky. They were so fucking good. I would buy them and just gnaw on them, and until they released their delicious Scandinavian gummy flavor, because the fucking Scandinavian gummies were so tasty. It's a whole uh, way of culture there, I believe. Like, there's just like candy's a big part of the culture. Candy and the social safety net. Oh man, perfect combination. You guys seem to be bigger gummy fans than I am. What is it about the Scandinavian gummies? Is it a variety of flavors? Is it is it is it quality? What's the wh- why do you need a a store devoted to them? I guess is is what I want to know. I've never had a Scandinavian gummy. I'm just living vicariously through Jesse. Yeah, it's about improved flavors and a variety of interesting textures. Mm. Mm. Textures, yes. That's my experience. Mmm, <laughs> texture. Mm, love, I a te- mean, love, a tex- love a texture in my mouth. Ladies. I like a lot of different I like a lot of different gummies. I mean, how do you guys feel about jelly babies? You guys ever had jelly babies? Yeah. They're good. I don't think I've had jelly baby. What's a jelly baby? Do they, do they have jelly ba- je- jelly babies just in a store in Canada? Yeah, I've had jelly babies. I've also had jelly tots. I think they're both British, right? Yeah, they're definitely British. You you can't. You might be able to buy them at like the British stuff store that sells, you know, the Queen, <laughs> the Queen or whatever. Yeah, you. I can. These are. I can get these for you at our grocery store. Wow. Okay, we have a lot of, uh, we have like British aisles sometimes, well, or sections in the grocery store because of colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> um, British aisles, British aisles, or something kind of fun there, huh? Yeah. I don't know exactly do what, but could do something fun with that, probably. <laughs> we don't need, here in America, we don't need the British aisles. We've got Rizzolian aisles. That's, <laughs> is oh. that still on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One presumes. Sure. That is, yeah, it is a Bones-like show that uh, is weirdly on for uh, 15 years and nobody you know watches it. The category is shows my Aunt Debbie loves. Mm. <laughs> you don't watch Suits? I didn't know that that was still on. Is it still on? Yeah, Probably. 
No, it's not. It can't be. I don't know. Is numbers still on? No one knows. No. No one knows. <laughs> don't act like you know, Alicia. You're right. I don't know the answer to either of those. I don't. I've never watched either of them. I just know that one of the either Rizzoli or Isles has really good curly hair. Oh. Here we go, guys. I'm. Uh, the series ran for seven seasons from 2010 to 2016, and the chemistry between the two leads is what keeps fans yearning for a reboot. <laughs> Looks like you can watch them all on Hulu with a premium subscription. <laughs> so yeah, hasn't been on the air for four dang years. R.I.P. Is that a good podcast idea? Just watching that show and talking <laughs> about it? and Isles recap podcast. <laughs> Honestly, Jesse, if we fucking flipped it and just started doing that, it would be more popular than this show in a month. Oh. <laughs> hey, it was my idea. I want to be the sidekick. No, not if you're going to swear. We, It's a Rizzoli and Isles <laughs> podcast, not a Rizzoli and Isles and Potty podcast. <laughs> Come on. No potties. No potties. You can use a horn. If you want to swear, <laughs> swear. If you're gonna go and if you're gonna go around swearing, Alicia, do a recap podcast of one of those vulgar HBO shows like Dream On with Brian Ben Ben. <laughs> have fun, have fun cussing it up on your Arliss podcast. <laughs> and the cusses and in the word cuss, the S's will be dollar signs. That's what you're doing during Arliss. I feel like you guys are just trying to intimidate me out of this amazing idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and take it from me. <laughs> Listen, it's an, it's it's just a race now as to who can start the Rizzoli and Isles podcast first. <laughs> Apparently, the chemistry between the two leads is what keeps fans yearning for a reboot. Oh, we could probably get them on as guests. Oh, I bet. Anytime. We want it If we to. have dueling podcasts, it would be a real coup if one of us got Rizzoli and one of us got Isles. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it. Um... Well, this has been great hanging out with you guys. <laughs> um, I have a question. I have, I do have one retail-related question for the two of you. Sure. I think I was about 19 or 20 when I had this job at Macy's. And I didn't, you know, I was already with my, I, I had a, I was in, in a uh, committed romance with my now wife. Um, wow. And I, I wasn't as sensitive to the, sexual dynamics surrounding me as I could have been for that reason. But not long after I left the job, I realized that everyone was probably fucking everyone else. Mm -hmm. And also just my boss was constantly sexually harassing me. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, we're laughing. And, and I had a coworker that was constantly hitting on me and she was probably 29 or 30 years old. And I was like 19. It was very weird. So yeah. I'm wondering if any of these jobs that you had had complicated sexual uh, dynamics going on. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what happened when, when you guys are all in those kiddie pools watching MST3K? Didn't it, didn't it, didn't things get sensual? Light some candles. <laughs> hey, we were all heterosexual men. I think it'll shock you to know. Put on Monos, The Hands of Fate. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I never really... Yeah, I feel like I never... No, uh-uh. I guess I uh, exude no sexuality. Yeah. I guess I maybe it's because I worked in the young women's section. 
I think I was I think I was probably the only heterosexual man in the department. I think like in a lot of places where I worked, people were getting it on, but I was very clueless and not cool. So <laughs> it was never me that was getting it on. Uh, although at one store, uh, I got hit on all the time, um, all the time, constantly. And uh, I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand what was happening. <laughs> By customers or coworkers? Um. Oh, customers, yeah. And I definitely like what? went on some went on some dates. <laughs> what kind of store is the store that you get hit on in relative to a different kind of store? Um, I don't think it was the store. I think it was like the age I was, more so. Uh, and it was like a fancy furniture store and like maybe people with money think it's fun to fuck with poor people. Just to, <laughs> this just in. <laughs> Rich men, young, poor women. Not a great combination. <laughs> I thought they really liked me for me, um, <laughs> which has never been the case. Uh, so, yeah, I although I know like I've had like friends that have like had like fooled around in their stores and made out in the change rooms. I was, I was never that cool. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I was here about you hear about the kind of like uh, um, the the interwork fucking that happens in the food service industry the, oh man you know, yeah the people the bartenders the the servers uh yeah you hear about that that i always i always when i hear those stories and like obviously i think there's you know kind of like looking back at some of that stuff like it seems fun but i'm sure a lot of it was inappropriate and abuses of power and things like that but you know when people look at it as a like fun time in their lives i'm always like a little bit jealous i didn't do it, it always sounds kind of fun <laughs> people are like yeah we like closed it down we you know after everybody went home we all drank and anyway i uh i have a really good buddy uh one of my wife's best friends who was also my friend when we were in high school and she went to acting school in new york and was an actor and was working in restaurants and she's very beautiful and she would be like a hostess in a fancy restaurant and she worked at this restaurant called jean george in new york which was like isn't that very famous yes a very famous restaurant where like al sharpton goes to dinner with alec baldwin and you know tom cruise or whatever whoa 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 and (laughs) (laughs) and i remember her at one point asking my wife in front of me how you find a boyfriend who's not addicted to cocaine (laughs) oh boy (laughs) and it's like well first things first you don't date a guy from the restaurant (laughs) but that was like the entire like all all that was going on was people doing blow Shit. and fucking at this at this very very fancy restaurant that and getting you know two hundred dollar tips I mean yeah like it doesn't sound great now <laughs> it may have sounded better if I were like 20 ish I, I will say I do I can there was one time at Playco where we <laughs> Snorted some crushed up riddle in off a Sega Dreamcast. He flipped over the pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Restaurant, the rest restaurant world is completely foreign to me. My friends that did work in restaurants when I was younger, like we would hang out at the restaurants where they worked at and drink our faces off, and we thought we were so cool to be in these fancy restaurants in Montreal. And then at the end of the summer, spending like our entire paychecks in like one evening, we learned that we were the 
customers that spent the most money there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? What? Do you remember that meal? Like, what was it? What put you over the edge? It was on booze. It was on booze. So it was just like we would just drink. Oh, okay. uh, sure. We would do a lot of shots because we were idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we would go there and like drink all night and the drinks were really expensive. And we thought that was just what you did when you were grown up. Uh, and for some, yeah, for some it is. <laughs> grown ups do shots. Yeah, totally. I just did like seven just now in between uh, deciding on the giraffe and talking about being sexually harassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to a co-worker's, uh, I went to a co-worker's retirement fete. And, um, you know, he t told this beautiful story about what the company meant to him and um, his kids were there. Actually, his one of his kids has a kid. He's a grandfather now. And it was so it was so beautiful to hear what his work had meant to him through this long career, you know, 35 years. And all I could do was just yell, shots, 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 <laughs> shots, you <Yes>. know? <laughs> well, you were in LFO for, oh, sorry, LMFAO? Well, who does LMFAO, shots? LFO yeah. was Abercrombie and Fitch. Fun. Yeah. What a fun mistake. Yeah. yeah, they also made a song with MOP, by the way. Good. Yes, this is fun. Are there any more <laughs> Light funky bands? ones. LFO, yes. it stands for light funky ones. Mm-hmm. And with BTO, Bachman Terminer Overdrive. <laughs> BLT, bacon, lettuce, oh, and tomato. Oh, yeah. Great sandwich. Hold the tomato for me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Are you allergic? I just like a BL. <laughs> and afterward, uh, I make a BM, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Body, body. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you got me doing it. You got me pottying over here. We'll yeah. be back in just a <laughs> second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, every episode of Jordan Jesse Go is brought to you by the thousands of Maximum Fun members who've indicated that they listened to our program when they joined. We're grateful to every single one of those kind people who've put their money where their ears are. They're the best. We're also grateful to a couple of sponsors this week. Yeah. Hey, Jesse, you know that working yes. out can really suck, especially when you're working out alone at home. So boring. Snooze town. Although, I do like taking a look at my girl Jane Fonda once in a while. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, I only do VHS workouts. <laughs> so you sweat to the oldies occasionally. Yeah, well, I like to look at, I, I like, I like to look at my boy Dickie Sims once in a while, too. Sure. Uh, hey, but if for some reason you don't have a uh, TV-VCR combo from 1992 uh, and you just have a smartphone, here's what you're going to want to do. Uh, download the Not Boring Workouts podcast. Uh, Fitness-phobic friends David and Allie created the podcast, Not Boring Workouts, 
where twice a week, uh, the super underqualified trainer, Allie, brings you a 10 to 20 minute accessible full body workout combined with a fascinating story, blazing hot takes, and low expectations. There's one called Get Worked Up by the History of Dildos Workout. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that Jordan Jesse Go listeners would be interested in that. I don't. I, why are we getting this ad copy, Brian? I don't know. I mean, it does intersect with our audience perfectly. There's supposed to be some kind of affinity. <sighs> There's supposed to be an affinity between the... This is a perfect one-to-one diagram. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the podcast is called Not Boring Workouts. You can download it wherever you download podcasts. We're also supported this week by the good people at Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club. It's fun to say, and it's a great company. Uh, This is for all those uh, proud cat people out in the audience. Uh, Again, there's supposed to be some kind of affinity between the product and the audience. (laughs) Again, I don't know why we're getting the... Are we getting someone else's ads, Brian? Is this... uh, Is there a problem here? Um, if uh, you love your cat, but that doesn't mean you love having a litter box in your home, Kitty Poo Club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can get back to loving your furry little friend. Uh, here's what happens, Jesse. I actually, uh, I'm actually sampling some Kitty Poo Club product myself. No, I'm not pooing in a litter box. Ooh, tell me about the flavor notes. <laughs> Uh, So here's what they do. They deliver an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. Did you choose kitty litter? (laughs) I did, did, yes. Uh, Sriracha flavor. Oh. No, I don't think they have sriracha flavor. Um, But they do have a lot of choices in litter based on what your cat prefers. These boxes, they're leak-proof, they're eco-friendly, and they have fun designs for every season. When the month is up, you just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No changing used litter and no more cleaning the box. Jesse, can I tell you what Bug did when I put out the Kitty Poo Club litter box? Well, I got two ideas. She pooed in it. She's picky. I Jesse, this cat. <laughs> oh, so it was uh, my second idea. It was this number two. <laughs> Option number two. <laughs> Jess, she... I have had poo problems with this cat she's finicky she only goes in a certain type of litter she only goes in a certain type of box she wants the box in a specific place so i was a little nervous about introducing a new box to her because i know she's picky i mean these are great boxes i've heard but i don't know i just don't know she took to it immediately this is the pickiest cat when it comes to poop and she's pooping in the kitty poo club box day one if you want 20% off your first order, uh, when you set up auto ship, you go to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code JJGO, kittypooclub.com, enter promo code JJGO, and you get 20% off when you set up auto ship. Promo code JJGO at checkout. Kittypooclub.com, the promo code is JJGO. This is a club specifically for kitty poop, so if that's part of your life, get in the club. Listen, the, if, if, you go, if you go to the thing and you put in the code, the advertiser knows that the ad is working and they buy more, so please do that thing so we can keep saying kitty poo club on this show for years to come. Yeah. 
I mean, you know their famous slogan, right, Jordan? Uh, I don't think I have it here, Jesse. What is it? We be clubbing. Yes, sure. Kitty poo clubbing, that is. Kitty poo clubbing. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Alicia Tobin, bin full of toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? You know, mix it up a little bit. That's what I like to say. Did I get it right? <laughs> <laughs> we are sorry. That is actually the wrong answer. And uh, There's yeah. a fireworks display going on here in Los Angeles, and I have a terrified Chihuahua Terrier mix that jumped onto my lap during the break. <laughs> Is it yours? She's shaking like a little... Yeah, she's mine. Aww. No, she just got in through a side window. <laughs> it's probably been the... if the Yeah, if the dogs are fireworks sensitive, this has been the worst year of their lives. Yeah, I mean, I'm fireworks sensitive. <laughs> Fucking sucks. This is the last, uh, in Vancouver, uh, fireworks have been legal since I moved here long before. And I don't understand why in a city filled with wooden houses, you're allowed to just shoot fireworks <laughs> off. Only one day of the year, Halloween. And this is the last Halloween that they're legal. And my dog, Hank, is terrified as well. And so I was looking into getting us a hotel for Halloween that's soundproof. Um, because I think it's going to be like the last hurrah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I can deal with a petrified dog for 10 hours. Right. People people are going to have to blow their whole stash. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to blow their whole wad. I guess in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, if they outlaw fireworks, people might stop shooting off fireworks. Yeah. Because, like, they're illegal in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like... They should, right? <laughs> but it is irrelevant. People stockpile them. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's a, people like stockpile them. I, I used to live very close to Dave Shumka, and we had a neighbor that would um, start setting off fireworks days before Halloween, and then the night of Halloween, set them off for about five or six hours in a row. And um, That's a long, that's, geez, how many fireworks is that? They don't last long. I know. And his son had started using them, which is illegal. You're not allowed to let children. And so I went over and I spoke to them angrily one day. I was like, stop it. And then the next day, the boy threw a firecracker at my dog. So I was oh, no. like so happy to move. <laughs> he threw the firecracker near my dog. He did not throw it like directly at him. But I did consider assaulting a child. <laughs> so... I was, why yeah. did Dave? Why did Dave do that? Yeah, he's he's a real mean man. He's a real mean man. <laughs> Dave Shumka, meanest man in the West Coast of Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia. That's not true. Dave is the nicest. He's nice. He's lovely. He's a very very kind man. When something momentous happens to you, like Dave Shumka from Stop Podcasting Yourself throws a firework at your dog. <laughs> Because his dad told him to. By the way, Dave lives with his dad. Yeah, he does. Mr. Shumka. By Alicia's old house. Uh, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN for our segment, Momentous Occasions. You can also send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here is one such occasion. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I'm going to guess Helen Slayton Hughes. Oh. 
Uh, I am calling with a momentous occasion. I am 33 years old and just used my human American money to purchase a horse. <gasps> it is something that I did not know I could do as an adult person in 2020, and I'm still not sure if it worked. But yeah, I have a horse now. Holy cow. Holy horse. Wait, which part is she not sure if it works? The, <laughs> the buying horse? of a horse or the horse? <laughs> yeah, you got to take it for a test ride, right? You got to take you it for a test. You got to check for oil leaks gallop, at least. Kick the got to take it to a hooves. qualified mechanic before you buy. Yeah. Maybe she just it was like a Craigslist scam. <laughs> like the horse is just like the most beautiful horse in the world, but it's totally an affordable horse. Mm. And my uh my wife's cousin is a horse enthusiast. And she did this thing where, uh, uh, you know, a rich person has a horse, but they don't they don't ride on it enough, and so they have another person just go ride on it. Yeah. But that person is like responsible for riding on it. Like they don't get to be a dilettante about it. You know, <laughs> they have to go ride on it, and you know brush it and give it carrots, whatever you do with horses, you know? Carrots, yeah, brush. But I feel like horses are a little bit like, uh, if you don't live on a farm in a rural area, horses are kind of like yachts, mm. where it's one thing to get one, it's another one to keep it floating, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't really, but <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Most recent, like, huge market crash, uh people had to abandon their yachts and their horses. Uh, and with, just like, put the like, horse on the yacht and then <laughs> and the, pull up the, the anchor rope. and push it yeah. out to sea. <laughs> oh, wow. I think actually they, most of them went to be meat in Japan. But Yacht meat? Yacht steak. <laughs> <laughs> All of the yachts sailed to Japan mm -hmm. and, and then they now are in fancy yacht restaurants. Have you two, have either of you ever ridden a horse? Oh, yeah. Was, I loved them when I was a kid. I mean, I love animals. I love horses. I've done like, uh, you know, like uh, county fair horse riding. You know, they're chained to a apparatus and they walk in a circle. Yeah. Um, I've done that. Up. And I don't think I liked it. Uh, to, to this day, when I, when I think of uh, unpleasant ways to die... And it's something I like to do from time to time. <laughs> Make a little list in my head, unpleasant ways to die. Kicked by a horse is like two or three. I oh. am so afraid of being kicked to death by a horse. I don't know if I like saw a video of it too young or, you know, had too stern a warning too young. But um, whenever I see a horse, I imagine it kicking me to death. And I cannot get, I cannot get caught up in their majesty or their manes. I objectively know that their manes are beautiful. Beautiful manes, beautiful tails, want to brush it. I get it. But my first thought every time I see one is that it would kick me to death and it wouldn't even feel anything. It would just do it out of instinct. I don't know. I'm really, I, I, I really am, am I, don't, I don't really want to be near them. Mm -hmm. When I see one, my first thought is always that they're going to do that thing they do with their lips, you know? <laughs> hey Wilbur. You know how horses are always saying hey Wilbur? Yeah. They do, yeah. Yeah, I'm the opposite of Jordan. I would love to 
to be kicked to death, kicked to death by a horse. It's the way that uh, I dream of going when people are like, "Beautiful, a king's death." Oh, I want to go in my sleep. I'm like, I want to be kicked to death by a horse. Yeah, what what sort of horse interactions have you had on the reg? I haven't in a long time, but I've taken horseback riding lessons. I took a lessons for a summer when I was a kid, and I did not. I loved the horses, but I didn't like didn't really like the structure of those. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I'm kind of sensitive. It was a sensitive kid. So like, I, they're always like, oh, the horse can't feel you hitting it. And I was like, well, it does react when you hit it with a whip. <laughs> yeah, but their skins, yeah. their skies are so <laughs> thick. Um, I think, uh, yeah. And I've been on a nice like horseback riding trip through the Rockies, like a day trip. Um, Western style, which was beautiful, very like mellow and I like horses, uh, I, you know, and they're a big animal that's approachable. That's, that's a rare, that sounds nice. a rare thing. Most of the bigger animals in our lives, either we eat them or we are afraid of them. So I don't know. I like horses a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I just need to have a positive horse interaction. I think I've had the, you know, handful of county fair circle rides. Maybe I just need to like have a intimate encounter with a horse and then maybe... Like at a really chill birthday party yeah. where you're like good <laughs> friends with most of the other people there mm-hmm. and you meet the horse and you yeah. just feel like you connect because you have a lot in common already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sounds like you need a, a fence in between you and a horse and uh, just a mellow horse because horses are also oh. kind of funny. Like they have distinct personalities and I met a horse recently called Wizard <laughs> And uh, solid name. Wizard, <laughs> Wizard was very silly, and uh, when I wasn't looking, he nipped me a few times. It didn't hurt, but he just wanted my attention, and it's very funny, but it's also a little bit scary because it's a horse. <laughs> Oof, yeah, bite. I mean, listen, being kicked is the thing I'm most concerned about, but I don't really want to be bit either. They got those chompers. Yeah, it didn't hurt. It just was like a kind of like a gentle pinch. Okay. Uh, but it surprised me <laughs> each time. I do like the idea of a silly horse named Wizard. Yeah. They think that they're very, like, they, every horse is, like, very different, and um, they can be jerks, and they can be really sweet. Some horses can pull off a leather jacket, and some can't. Yeah, it's so yes. true. <laughs> so true. Let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm calling because Going through some of the back episodes, driving across the Southwest without cell service, and I came across a discussion of objects inserted into people's bodies. While I was working in an emergency room some years ago, a gentleman came in with, as I believe Jesse called it, a G.I. Joe inside his rectum. They had chopped the arms off with a Dremel rotary tool and melted them so as to prevent snags, and this person had tied a piece of cord around the legs to try to use as a method to retrieve that object. Unfortunately, the lubricant had made this twine come off of the G.I. Joe, and it got stuck up in there. Uh, one of the new residents had very small, petite arms, and uh, he got to go fishing for it. It was removed and returned to the individual at their request. Uh, have a great show. That's the danger of being a petite armed resident. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what G.I. Joe was it? Was it Snake Eyes? Was it Roadblock? It's for your collection. Cobra Commander? No. I like the idea. To me, the magic there is somebody's holding a G.I. Joe and looking at it, and they go, 
you know what? Let me go get my Dremel. (laughs) (laughs) With a few small alterations. It really is a miracle tool. You can use it to sand. You can use it to cut. Mm -hmm. Anything that requires rotary motion. Poor guy. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, I also like that he's like, oh, I was listening to some old episodes. Uh, Sir, that's all the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to go back (laughs) if you want to stuff up the ass talk. (laughs) Let's take one more call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest, and I'm going to assume Sir Ian McKellen. Close. Uh, (laughs) David from West Dallas, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee with a momentous occasion. Uh, I recently helped get a ban on conversion therapy back uh, past year in my oh city. Eleventh city in Wisconsin, so not nearly far enough. But hey, we keep fighting the good fight. You have a great day. Congratulations! Hey, way to go! That call made me like well up with emotion. Wasn't expecting yeah. that. I mean, the GI Joe call. <laughs> <laughs> You're still thinking about the GI Joe call. Yeah, it's sad that the arms got melted. <laughs> I just wish he had access to proper sex toys. <laughs> if we were just more positive, if we were just a more sex positive <laughs> society. Uh, wow, that's a great phone call. Ilea, I like that David. our, uh, our uh, listeners are out there taking initiative, sticking up for good causes. That's great. Best listeners yeah. in the business. That's what I say. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who do you think? Who's got better? Who's got better listeners? I feel like the people who listen to the Joe Rogan Experience are pretty are pretty great because they're so open minded. Oh, that's wow, true. Yeah. And intellectually they love to hear honest. Different perspectives. They love intellectual honesty. <laughs> listen, our our the Jordan Jesse Go listenership is great, but I think uh, they're going to have their asses whipped by the Rizzolian Isles recap audience. <laughs> No, you don't. No, you don't, you sneaky guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're getting Rizzoli. Just you wait. <laughs> recap and Isles? Rizzoli and recap? Oh, mm. come on. Rizzoli and podcast? podcast? Yeah, what's the Isles. punny name? I think, <laughs> Alicia, here's what I think it is. Whoever can think of the punny name first gets the podcast. I got it. I got it. Um, okay, so it's a bit of a concept. You guys ready? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... It's going to be, there's going to be two hosts, which is a classic, mm-hmm. classic success story. And then a, a new guest every week. And that new guest just has to blind watch one episode. Um, and then because it's a pandemic, we'll have to mail them part of the participation kit, which would be cannolis. And it's going to be Rizzoli and cannolis. And guys, it's great. It's a great idea. And you can't have it. Fuck, that's good. Shit, we lost it, Jesse. We lost the show. <laughs> Come on, man. You could have. <laughs> and then it's like, mm, you get to hang out. You get to watch this terrific TV show that was on for six years and uh, have some great Italian pastries. I love them. I think most people love them. Uh, and uh, we could also review that cannoli at the same time. Yeah. I'm pivoting to burn notice. <laughs> you could sign off by saying, uh, leave the gun, take the Rizzoli. <laughs> Two zero six nine eight four four fun JJ Go at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? 
If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO. News overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. La, 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 la. I'm Mallory O'Mara, a weird fiction reader who enjoys whiskey and owns a book weight. And I'm Bria Grant, a science fiction reader who likes iced tea and reads to escape the world. And we host Reading Glasses, a weekly show that dives into reading suggestions, goals, complaints, and the really important questions like, what are the best reading snacks? And seriously, Mallory, what is a book weight for? Every week, we talk about reading. It's not a book club. You're not going to have to listen to us review a book you haven't read. You just have to be excited about books, authors, the bookish community, writing, and talking about reading. We can literally talk about reading, like, all day long. Reading Glasses. Every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Glasses. <laughs> I thought about doing that. <laughs> la, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Do I go now? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe you just want to swear some more if you just would rather swear. Alicia Tobin, a bin full of toes. <laughs> Alicia, what a joy it's been to have you on the program. What a dream to have the great Alicia Tobin guesting on our show. <laughs> it, it feels like an immense crossover event between our two nations. It, it has been. I know that it's been on the CBC already. I mentioned <laughs> it. They've run a story while we were on. Oh, really? Was it on As It Happens? It was on. I don't know if you knew <laughs> this, but you, you know the theme from As It Happens. That's me singing. Anyways, I was going to say that here on Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> oh, cool. I was going to say this is a lost episode of Shit's Creek. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is Anne with an E. <laughs> it's been brought back finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> uh, Alicia, where can people where can people find your hilarious new book? Oh, you can find it at bookstores like um, Barnes. I think Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, you can order it directly from my publisher, Arsenal Pulp Press. Um, it's the best if you order it from them. You'll probably get it the fastest. Uh, yeah, and if you want to read a book of, of essays that I wrote, <laughs> this would be the only way to do it. <laughs> you want to hear? You want to hear a Jordan? You want to hear an endorsement that this book got? I would love to hear that. Alicia Tobin has always been funny, brilliant, silly, sharp, surprising, and kind. Now she's all those things, but written down. I am thrilled about this book. You know who said that? Rizzoli. Yeah, that's right. Paul F. Tompkins, the funniest wow. man in the world. Yeah, pretty good. And the nicest, Both. next to Dave Shumka. Both real nice guys. Pretty nice guys when they're not chucking firecrackers at dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and <laughs> Paul now too. Paul F. Tompkins does that too in our <laughs> riff. <laughs> Rizzoli and cannoli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. Stay tuned. Uh, Rizzolian Smiles, the Rizzolian Isles podcast recap by comedians. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh, so you're a little sad. So what? Nice things to say to yourself on bad days and other essays. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. A delight. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Have fun in your dramatically more functional country. <laughs> I will marry everyone. Just come to Canada. Hooray! <laughs> thank you. Wait, goodness. hold on. What if we don't have any extraordinary skills? <laughs> Yo, I don't know. I think it's still fine. Okay. I mean, none of us do. I mean, Jordan, we can always just play in the Canadian Football League. Okay. <laughs> hey, now, that takes extraordinary <laughs> skills. Uh, being uh, underpaid and <laughs> underappreciated and made fun of by Americans <laughs> constantly. I would never make fun of Rahib Rocket Ishmael. You wouldn't? Heisman Trophy winner for Notre Dame. Okay. Sounds like you might. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our producer on Jordan Jesse Go is Brian Sunny D Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. If you have a correction about something that we said on this show, we always appreciate it because we care just as much about quality as you do. So go ahead and tweet that correction at JD Power on Twitter, at JD Power. We are on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. On Facebook, just search for Jordan Jesse Go or join the Maximum Fun Facebook group. And we're on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. One last thank you to our pal Alicia Tobin. If, by the uh, way, yeah. uh, Alicia's Tobin, re- uh, Alicia's podcast, Retail Nightmare. Re- wow. <laughs> Alicia's podcast, Retail Nightmares, is hilarious and wonderful. It's a real fave of mine. I like to check in on it once in a while when I need a few good yucks. (laughs) I would also say there's probably some Jordan Jesse Go listeners out there who have yet to listen to our Canadian cousins Stop Podcasting Yourself. Mm -hmm. I would argue Alicia is the most beloved guest in Stop Podcasting Yourself history. Possibly Paul F. Tompkins. People would argue with you on that. I think there's it's getting the competition getting pretty stiff, but I appreciate it. And I would argue that if you have never listened to Stop Podcasting Yourself, go listen to one of the episodes Alicia's on, because obviously you're in love with her now. Pretty soon you'll be in love with Dave and Graham uh, on Stop Podcasting Yourself, because the, it's the greatest, it's the best. And Alicia is my favorite Stop Podcasting Yourself guest. There, I said it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Charlie Demers. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> Suck on that, asshole. Whoa. He's very, very nice. sensitive. Nice. Very nice. Seems very nice, very funny. He's a nice guy. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on Jordan Jessica. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.